Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook Church. I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Connections Director, and we are so happy to have you here with us this morning. And if you're online, a welcome to you as well. If you're new or newer here, we would love to get to know you if you would grab one of these blue connection cards, fill it out, and drop it in the giving box on your way out. We look forward to connecting with you and getting to know you better. Well, Faithbrook's mission is to lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ. And a big part of that is through personal invites. So we encourage you to invite someone this Christmas season to Faithbrook for our new series, All I Want for Christmas. It'll be starting next week and it'll go through our Christmas Eve services. Well, there's a couple other fun things that you can invite others to this Christmas season. On Sunday, December 17th, we are going to have our kids' Christmas concert performing the best gift ever. It's going to be adorable. Lots of little camels and sheep and angels up here singing for you. They've been practicing since November and are very excited to perform that for you for both the service times of 9 and 1030. In addition, we are coming up to Christmas Eve and that comes on a Sunday this year. So we will have our regular 9 and 1030 service times. It's going to be fun and family filled. And in addition, we will end with a carol and candlelight. So there's lots of fun things for this Christmas season and we hope that you invite someone to join us here at Faithbrook. Let's now welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we wrap up our series, Build a Boat. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. Hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's a great time of the year. I know everyone's kind of busy. How many of you have your Christmas decorations up? Anybody have their Christmas decorations up? Yeah. Well, for the comforts, I think it's going to be today's today where we're dragging it out, putting it all together. Our kids are in the back. They've been singing and practicing, and uh, we're looking forward to this new series, All I Want for Christmas. I hope you'll be praying. Think about maybe a family, a friend that you can invite to this series. Well, we're coming back to the end of our Build a Boat series. Maybe you're watching us online. We want to welcome you, and you've been tracking through this time of, of what does it mean? What are these lessons that we can learn from one of the most epic, iconic uh, stories of the Old Testament, and that is Noah? Uh, because we learned through this series, a lot of times life uh, calls us to build a boat. There can be circumstances that we didn't even ask for, that if we're going to survive the storms, if we're going to survive the floods, we got to build a boat. Some people see the storm clouds of society, of things happening internally, that we need to get ready to build a boat. And that's what God asked Noah to, to get his family and his friends or family to build a boat because there was going to be a huge flood that it was going to destroy the world. And the reason they picked Noah is because Noah was a righteous man. He was a godly man. Could it be that God is looking for people today like Noah that would have a boat or a life that he could build on, that he could impact, he could influence people, even save some people if we were willing to have a life like Noah and to build that boat? Now, through this story, we've learned also that we have to have the right things on our boat. So God sent the animals two by two to come on that ark. He knew that they would need to supply uh, Noah and his family and also replenish the earth when the flood was over. What are you bringing on your boat? What are you bringing in your life to help you to thrive, to help you have some wholeness and some health? Now, th these journeys can be long. For Noah and his family had no idea how long it would go. 
uh, weeks turned into months and, and months, and it turned to a whole year, floating around, drifting around. God, what are you trying to do here? Before you know it, we kind of doubt God. We, we wonder what his main purpose is when we're on these long-suffering journeys. We talked about we need to bring some, some faith along when we don't know exactly how long we're going to be on this journey. We got to bring some grit, some resilience to not give up during the long journey and always have our eyes open because God has a way of sending us little olive branches to say, hey, I haven't forgotten you. I'm with you. I will see you through. Last week, we heard from Pastor Eric about how sometimes it's, it, our families are like a zoo. Uh, can you imagine a Noah on that tight quarters with all those animals making noises and smells and stinks and their family and day after day got a little grumpy and how we have to practice sometimes some, some tolerance, some patience and to be praying for our loved ones. So today, God is coming to the end of this, this journey of Noah. Um, many times he asks us to do things that take some obedience, take some sacrifice, if you will, uh, to go on this journey with him. And you never know what God will do on the other side of your obedience. What are the blessings? Today we're going to hear about the blessings. We start in chapter 8, verse 15, when God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds and the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in the number on it. In other words, Noah, it's your time. It's your family. We're going to start this whole human race over again through your seed. I'm going to provide for you. It's going to be a great day. Now, he didn't hardly know that the middle of those months of being all by himself, floating around on that, that boat. And God never said the journey in life sometimes would be easy, but he did say the arrival would be worth it. And so now we come to that arrival. The waters receded, and God says, come out. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives and all the animals, all the creatures moving along the ground, all the, even the insects got to, to come out. The birds, everything that moves on the land came out of the ark, one kind after another. Now, can you just imagine that experience? Uh, they have been cramped in this wooden boat for, for 12 months. Finally, um, somehow the door or the ramp or something opens up and Noah and the, and the kids are like, okay, boys and girls, let's, let's try to go out. <laughs> and there they're, they're walking. They haven't been on dry land for a long time. I'm sure that those animals were, were not sure even how to walk, but pretty soon they, they're realizing hey, this is a new day. This, this is a beautiful day. They smell the grass. They see the sun. Everything is blooming. Uh, maybe the, the dogs are barking and the birds start flying around. The bees are, are buzzing. Uh, maybe the deer come out and step around and pretty soon, hey, hey, we can do this thing. And they're prancing and the horses and they're um, voicing and maybe galloping. It's a grand day. It's a wonderful day. The humans are like, hey, we, we made it. We're, we're alive. We're, we're back on dry ground. <clears throat> I have a, a feeling that some of the, the humans were like, you know what? Uh, God's calling us to restart this humanity. 
can we do it? Maybe it was super intimidating. They, they wasn't sure, but, but it was all dawning on them that God has been faithful. What he began, he completed. And it is a new day. And God's been faithful. He, he's kept his promise. He's been there. And did you know what Noah did and what we also should do? That, that <clears throat> when God has brought us through is to worship, is to give thanks. The scriptures tell us that Noah built an altar <clears throat> to the Lord and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings to them. Now, this is the first time we see this category of clean animals. Uh, Jewish people might call them kosher. There are certain uh, meats or animals that God wanted them to eat from, and he called them clean, and God provided those clean animals and unclean animals. Basically, these clean animals were the, the animals that they were going to provide for their food while they were doing in the, the ark or later after the ark. And so he was going to ask them to sacrifice and give the most valuable animals on this altar. We also see this whole concept of the altar. Most of you know, kind of have a picture of what an altar is. Well, it started back 45,000 years ago in Noah. He was the first one to build an altar. We, we see in the ancient days that a lot of people built altars. Uh, Moses built altars. Abraham built altars. Even pagan uh, people built altars to their they're gods. It was a way to show, hey, we honor you. We respect you. We've come to worship you. And so they would gather these stones and make this pile, this monument, and they would make sure they could hold a fire. And then they would take some animal, something valuable, and sacrifice it. And the, the scent and the smell and the smoke and the ash would go up into the heavens. And, the, and man was like, this is the way to show God that we honor them. We, we uh, appease our gods by the sacrifice and this aroma that rises into the heavens. Now, if you think about it, that practice has still been going on. We still have altars today. Maybe you uh, grew up Catholic, and if you go into a lot of cathedrals, Catholic cathedrals, they'll have elaborate altars. So something up front of the building and these, these monuments are marble tables or, or, or furniture figurines. And that is to symbolize this honoring place of God. We bring our offerings. We go before you. That's the sacred place, the altars. There's been other forms through the years. For instance, if you kind of grew up like me in a, in a Protestant traditional church, there's maybe some kneeling benches we called altars. There was usually a table in front of the stage. And a lot of the tables, they had a, a little in remembrance, uh, in remembrance of this. This is a place of remembrance. It's a place of worship. There might be a flower arrangement. Many times they would bring the communion uh, trays and place it on this table, this altar. It would be sacred. It would be a special spot in, in, the, in the place. Uh, there was traditions where the Ushers would pass the offering plate, people would give, and then they would come and place that offering plate on that table and say a prayer. It was almost the same concept of Noah, of bringing a sacrifice, bringing something to worship God. So Noah knew the importance of building a boat. And after Noah built a boat, he built an altar. He knew how special that was, a place 
to worship, a time to worship, to show his appreciation, to show God how much he loved and honored God. I have a feeling that he sent out the word, okay, kids, God has been faithful. God has seen us through. It's time to have church. It's time to worship, and we need to build this monument. So I want you all to find some bricks, some stones. We're going to build a pile here and, and put a fire on top of it. So they probably all spread out. And I can just imagine as that they were thinking about this, this assignment uh, of why we're doing this, of worshiping God. Maybe they were thinking about the journey that they just completed. Maybe their mind went back two years ago when dad showed up at the family meeting and said, I've been speaking to God. And he says he's going to destroy the earth by a flood and we need to build a boat they hardly had any boats back then. And, and maybe one of those kids were thinking, yeah, I remember asking God, what, what kind of boat? How big a boat? He's like, a big boat. <laughs> it's going to take months and months. No humans ever built a, a, a boat like this, a structure like this. And they're like, oh, this is going to be crazy. Maybe as they're picking up these stones to take it over to the, the, the altar and they're thinking, yeah, I remember when, when that, that just seemed so crazy. We're like, what? I remember when our neighbors got wind of that. I remember when my friends saw this giant structure being built in the backyard, and they're like, what are you doing? And we had to tell them the story that God is upset with mankind, and he wants to start over, and they just laughed at us. They mocked at my dad, and we kind of thought he was crazy too, but we just went along, and, and man, but I remember when those rains started coming, and it just didn't go for a couple of days as it kept going on and on and on and the creeks rose and the things got flooded and everyone was destroyed. They're, they're picking up these rocks, thinking about that. That God stuck to his word. Wickedness was destroyed. God wanted to start over. Maybe they're thinking, wow, there were so many long days on that, that ark, man. It was just stifling and dark and rainy and oh, the Animals are all obnoxious, and oh, and maybe there were some doubts that, yeah, maybe I don't know what's going to happen here. How long does God want to stay on this boat and this journey? And now they're thinking, but God was faithful. Now look around us. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's paradise. It's a new day, and God's asking us to multiply and be fruitful. And here they're taking those rocks and they place them together and. And maybe Noah's got the wood and he sets it on fire and, and they see their dad go over and grab one of those lambs, a, a beautiful, perfect lamb or a goat, and he slaughters it and the blood is spilt and he places that animal on that fire and that fire starts consuming that valuable animal. And they're thinking, man, we, we were going to eat that animal. That, that animal is going to be for us. And dad is giving that to, to God and that smoke goes up and here they're worshiping and paying honor to the God who's seen them through. I wonder how many times we take time to do that. How many times do we take time to build an altar and to really worship God and bring a sacrifice to God? Now, I suspect that the last, uh, last Thanksgiving, a couple days ago, uh, some people went around the table and say, what are you thankful for? Uh, maybe that's part of your tradition. I don't know. And, and I, I, would, I would suggest that 90% of Americans would say, well, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my health. Yes, that's kind of like the default. Yes, super valuable. But a lot of times I would submit that God gets left out. 
Rarely do we say, oh, I'm thankful for God who's been watching me that sent his, his son to die on the cross. A God who rose from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit to empower us and guide us and, and comfort us and be with us. And, and a lot of times we're just so busy that we forget to give honor to God. We forget to set aside some time into worship and to give God our praise, even some of our valuable things. But Noah set the stage. He not only built a boat, but he built an altar. And our response to God's faithfulness should be a heart of worship, that we do take the time to praise him, to sacrifice to him, to love him and pay honor. And that's what Noah did. And we see in the scriptures that God responded. God noticed. It says, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart. Now that's an interesting statement. The word um, aroma uh, is something was sweet, something was pleasing, it attracted to God. And he said in his heart, in other words, it meant something to God. He noticed this. Uh, The heart is an emotional word. God has emotions also. And so he responded. He said, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I've done, because I've smelled your worship. I've sensed your worship. I've seen your hands. I've seen your voices. He notices. And when we worship, God notices. Did you know that? If he was watching Noah, why doesn't he watch us? Do you think God notices if our heart is into worship? Have we, have we taken some time to listen to some, maybe some praise songs this last week? Have we taken time to pray or to volunteer in some regard? And if we come to church or watch online, do you think God sees that and notices that? Does he notice our heart in worship? Do we try to sing? Do we try to focus on him? Do we give anything? Do we, do we serve him in any way? Now, when it comes to public worship, let's say in a public setting like this, sometimes it's not always easy to, to give our whole heart and, and worship. We, maybe we didn't grow up in a very worshipful manner growing up. Maybe we're more of a, a logical kind of reserved personality and we just kind of keep our hands down here and sing a song and we just kind of do our church thing. Let someone else sing and go home. But God's like, hey, are, are you with me? Are you really taking some time to think about the words that are up on the screen and making that connection? Do you take it some time maybe to close your eyes and just listen to me and let me minister to you and connect in a spiritual, in a divine way? Do you ever take time maybe to raise a hand and say, man, I, I believe in you? Can it, can it help you a little bit to maybe if you'd like to, to worship and honor God like Noah did? For, for, for many times, we have to take some time to set our mind aside to say, it's time to worship God. Uh, God's given us a, a Sundays, keep the Sabbath holy. And it's a mindset to say, kids, we're going to church. We're, it's kind of like Noah. We're, we're going to build an altar. It's going to be important. So, so get ready. Before we even show up, we're kind of getting in that mindset, right? And we prepare our minds, and here comes the, the scriptures. Here comes the, the songs, right? And, and we start listening um, and start reading the words on the, on the songs. I noticed through my ministry, there are certain people that sit up front. And I've asked them once in a while, say, 
Why do you sit up front? Most people like to sit in the back. It's safer that way, you know. He said, well, we've found that we can worship better up front because there's less distractions. There's less distractions. I'm not worried about people uh, around me. You know, that's one of the reasons why we have our, our lights come down and worship because when we want people focused. We don't want you worrying about the person next to you or around you, but to focus on God. In fact, that's one of the reasons why our music's a little higher. We want you to have the confidence to sing out because most people are not confident in their voice or singing. We don't do that a lot in our, our life, right? So, it, but God is noticing our words. Are we even trying to sing to him and to worship him? You'll see once in a while, I will raise a hand. I, it's, it's my way of, of giving to God. I, I, God, I, 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 I want to let you know that I believe in you. I, I identify with that song. I, I believe in that song. I praise you. Now, people might look at you strange or something. And, and I've also learned that if we close our eyes a lot of times and sing those words, right? I'm not thinking about people in front of me. I'm not thinking about what people are looking at me. I just want to you know what God thinks of me. This is what I'm worshiping, right? Does he see my heart? Does he see my hands? Uh, does he know that I'm involved with him? Because God notices our worship. And because God noticed um, Noah's worship, God would give a covenant. He said that God said to Noah and to his sons, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants. Never again will all... Will all life be destroyed by the waters of the flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. This covenant is the same word as a promise. It's an agreement. It's an almost an understanding that because I've seen your heart, I've seen your worship, I'm going to give you a covenant and that you can count on. I've dealt with the world's wickedness. I've exterminated the sin and now we're going to start over because this is the heart of God. See, God sometimes, because of his holiness and his justice, has to deal with sin and wickedness. It's just not fair to let that slide. And he's destroyed the world, but what the world message is, is I don't want to do it again. I want this world to flourish. God always has a redemptive heart. He always wants to give mankind a second chance. If you read the storyline in the Old Testament of the nation of Israel, they are always goofing up, right? They're always, always a strain, and God sometimes would come and discipline them. But he's like, man, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to bring you this prophet. I'm going to bring you this king, and we're going to get this thing rolling, because that's his heart. He has a heart of redemption. He has a heart of grace. Some people ask, well, won't the earth end sometime? Doesn't the Bible talk about, like in Revelations and things, that, that the world will end, and he's going to start it over? Yes. It is true that God will destroy this earth one day, but he's going to destroy it by fire. In the beginning, he destroyed it by the flood. But in this time, this is a time of grace. This is a time of, of salvation. He wants us to wake up to say, man, I, I, I'm going to give you a time to choose me. Not because you're scared I'm going to destroy the world. Not because you have to, but because you want to out of your love. And then he gives them the symbol of the covenant, and that is the rainbow. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I've sent, set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. 
Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind of earth. This beautiful rainbow. How many of you enjoy rainbows? We, we don't see them very often, but when they come out, we're just kind of like awe in awe, and, and, and we just kind of look at that and take it all in. I remember a couple of years ago, we were <clears throat> coming back from Montana, and we were in the flats of either Montana or North Dakota on the west side. I'm not sure, but there was a storm that went through, and then there was the most brilliant, breathtaking rainbow I've probably ever seen. And it, because you could see from the very beginning to the other end, because the terrain was so flat. In fact, it was so breathtaking. We turned, we parked a car on the side of the highway, got out and started taking pictures. We just enjoyed it and loved it. And God gave us rainbows as a gift to enjoy, but also as a symbol of his love for mankind, that he doesn't want to destroy the, the earth. He wants us all to come to know him. That he wants us to believe in him and build boats and build lives of righteousness and build lives of pro- productivity. He, he told them to come out now and multiply, be fruitful, enjoy, thrive, follow me. So every time we see a rainbow, it should remind us of God's faithfulness. Rainbows remind us of God's faithfulness that he did see Noah through, that he uh, held them together. And you might be going through something that you're wondering, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's been hard and long. But every rainbow can remind us that just in Noah's days, God will be faithful. And sometimes we have to grab some faith, some trust God when we don't understand things. Sometimes we have to grab some grit to not give up and keep pressing in and pressing on with God and have some patience and keep your eyes open because just like in Noah's day, when they might have doubted, God sent a little bird with that little olive branch and they knew there was some hope. They knew someday this long journey would end. And maybe it's a time to build an altar in our heart, to build an altar in our calendar, to build a heart in our practice of divinely connecting with God in a meaningful, worshipful way. I'm, I'm reminded of this picture that um, we found of uh, you know, some artist's rendering of the early days. And this picture shares a lot. You see the beautiful blue sky and the animals that are just now grazing, enjoying. Um, God has provided for them. Noah is gathering his family and said, hey, hey, kids, we're going to go to church. We're going to have church right here. We're, we're going to bring a sacrifice. We're going to build an altar. It's going to take some work. You know, in the old days, what we used to bring as part of worship was an offering. Um, people used to pass an offering plate before the, the digital revolution, right? In fact, some people it's like, hey, do we still have those offering plates? Because when you pass it in the worship service and when I put my money in there or a check, I, I saw it as a spiritual uh, a worship time of giving God something. Nowadays, we, we just have a, a digital. We do have some offering boxes that people still write checks uh, back there. Uh, but a lot of times now, we don't have that in-service opportunity. But my friends, remember that when we give digitally, we're not just giving to a church and pay for the brick and mortar and electric bill, whatever. First and foremost, we are giving to God. And for them to sacrifice 
Their, their cash, really, their animals was a sacrifice to them. And God heard that and saw that and smelled that. And there they are giving and worshiping God. We see the ark up there on, on the left. I have a feeling that they, would, they looked at that ark and they say, man, I didn't know if that old boat would hold it together. Uh, but that ark, it was their home. God provided for them. God was faithful for them. And now they're safe and the birds are flying and, and there is a, a beautiful time of connection with God. This morning, we'd like to give you that opportunity to connect with God in a meaningful for way because God notices our worship. And as we kind of sing this next song, it talks about how God provides a way, that God is true and faithful. And maybe as we sing this song, you can think about Noah's journey, about, you know, God did not give up on them. God made a miracle. God was the promise keeper. And maybe you can think about your own life, especially on this Thanksgiving weekend. Has God been faithful to you? Has he seen you through some tough times? Does he believe in you and love you and die on that cross for, for you? He is the way maker. He is the, the promise keeper. He has a way of mending. He has a way of, of touching hearts and being faithful to us. So I invite you to stand and let's just take a couple of a minutes here, a couple songs here to just lean in as Noah leaned in and worship God in a meaningful way.